Welcome to the Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow, a show where we inspire and empower you to reach your fullest potential. I believe that we are all called to a higher purpose and that we are all connected. I believe also we should promote acts of love and community for the common good of humanity. You're listening to The Common Good Show, and I am Juanita Farrow. And I am so excited today because we have a very special guest, Sarah Bingham. And Sarah's going to talk to us about the healing power of food. Now, that is so important because we spend quite a bit of time eating, so we want to make sure that what we're eating is the best food um, to create healing. So Sarah is going to give us all kinds of good information about that. She's had a lot of experience. Um, as a matter of fact, she began her career with a bachelor's degree in early childhood development from Tufts University and ran a special needs preschool and worked for several years with special needs children. She received a master's degree in food science and nutrition from the University of Massachusetts. So she has more than 35 years of experience counseling and lecturing on all aspects of nutrition and wellness throughout the country. She's a dynamic and passionate speaker who communicates with clarity, humor, inspiration, the simplicity of achieving wellness. Sarah, welcome to the show. I am so glad to be here, Juanita. I think what you're doing is awesome. So I just love to reach all kinds of people and teach them the power of nutrition. Well, we are so happy to have you on the show because we're always wanting to know about food and, and how it's helping us or hurting us, and, and you're going to give us all kind of good information that we can use in our everyday life. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit more about yourself? Um, well, I tell you what, people always want to know, you know, they look at me and they're, ah, Sarah, you know, you eat, I can't eat, you know, as well as you do, and what I say to them is, I've been on a journey. I've been doing this for mm. Uh, you know, close to 40 years, um, eating well and feeding my body what it needs. And it just makes a, a wonderful difference. But back when I was uh, 20, I dropped out of college, um, traveled around the world, got, uh, I, I literally got in a 13-year-old VW bug and drove from Switzerland <laughs> to Nepal with my older brother and then on to Japan. And by the time we got to Iran, I had two kinds of dysentery. So the Peace Corps took care of me there, gave me a bunch of antibiotics, no doubt. And wow. then when I got to Japan, I was diagnosed with a duodenal ulcer. And that's, the duodenum is the part of the small intestine that links up with the stomach. So at the bright age of 21, I realized I was not invincible, which is just totally rude. And... <laughs> And I, I went back home to my regular doc. He recommended an antidepressant, which really ticked me off. So, I, no, I didn't do that. I went back to Boston, and I found a holistic MD. Now, this is 1971, and the holistic wow. uh, physician had actually lost his MD degree because he believed in food and nutrition. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. We have really come a long way, but we're not Honey, here yet. Yeah. <laughs> we have come a long way. So he took one look at my diet. Now let me back up a little bit and tell you what my diet was like. Um, I was the original chocoholic, sugar freak, you know, whatever. I, I just, yeah. um, I can tell you that I found hot fudge sundaes in Afghanistan. Now that takes. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. uh, 
I got my sugar. I got my chocolate every day. So this guy, um, this holistic physician, takes one look at my diet, and he goes, Sarah, get off all white flour and all white sugar. Now, I, that was 50% of my diet, which is typical of most Americans as well. Uh, and it was a complete showstopper for me. I was like, you know, what the heck? What do I eat? How do I eat every day? But I said, you know what? I also said to myself, I don't want to feel this way. Um, I do not want to go through life feeling like junk and not mm-hmm. well and my stomach kind of off. And it just, it's, um, I think all of us feel this. You know, when our body goes down, you feel sort of, you feel vulnerable. And you feel like, uh, how am I going to take care of myself? What's going to happen? Um, it's a very instinctual thing. So I drew the line in the sand, baby. I said, that's it. I'm not having any more white sugar and white flour. And uh, basically, I haven't mm-hmm. eaten white sugar in 40 years. Um, oh, and, my goodness. So there is I, hope. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> for all of us. Really understand, you've got to, you know, you got to know the enemy, baby. Yeah. And I can tell you that when, you've got to, the only way I know to do it, because a, a sugar literally is eight times more addictive than cocaine. I believe you know? that. And yeah. especially some of the manufactured sugar, like the fructose and all of that stuff that's manufactured. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just havoc oh. on the body. Well, and the thing that people don't understand is our mm-hmm. food manufacturers sit around all day long literally trying to figure mm-hmm. out what chemicals they can put in that food to get you to buy mm-hmm. two bags of those cookies instead of one. They're studying oh, wow. your brain, they're studying addiction, and they want you to be addicted to their product. Wow. Wow. So, the question is, who's leading whom here? And what most people don't understand is they don't feel well because I've decided to call them pushers. I mean, that's exactly, they're, they're, they're mm. bug pushers. Um, mm-hmm. They're out there on the streets peddling their goods to you, and they are leading wow. you. You're not leading your own life. You're being led by their advertising and their drugs. Oh, Period. that is so powerful. That is so powerful. I don't think most people really think about that. You, you're really losing control. Because they are leading us. So, you know, all this advertisement that we see all the time and it looks so great. You know, you can't oh, resist yeah. it and was, you can't just eat one. Yeah, right. I was talking to a guy the other day. He said, but Sarah, you know, he, he's a, he runs his own business. He's a massage therapist. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, that convenient food, I just, I don't have time. And I said, and he said, of course, the other night I drove into this burger joint. I ate burgers. I came home, threw up. <clears throat> couldn't go to work the next day. <laughs> and wow. I said, well, was that convenient? He said, no. And he said, and my kid, my kid won't eat vegetables, and my kid is um, irritable and ADD. Mm-hmm. I said, is that convenient? He goes, no. Is your kid sick often? Yeah, his stomach just doesn't feel good, and he's overweight. Mm-hmm. I said, is that convenient? And he goes, no. And I said, so what's convenient about all this stuff? Wow. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah, I mean, that, that is yeah, so, it's so incredibly powerful. Yeah, and we're just not, we, uh, we've been led to believe, oh, I'll do it for you, and I'm going to do it one up here. You know, I'll make your dinner for you, and I'm going to put all the stuff in it. Um, it's sort of a, a, you know, I don't, I don't think they started out evil. Most, most business people are trying to figure out what do people need and meet their needs. And then we get greedy. Right, right. But so we our, have to our, be smart consumers as well. 
So Yes, ma'am. And, and that's why you're on the show, because you're going to teach us basically how we need to be smart. And you're going to talk about this, because I wanted you to talk about, because you believe that there's a connection between our bodies, our minds, and our spirits, and well-made food, that there's all a connection there. Can you explain what that means? I sure will. Um, here's what... Here's what people don't understand. Um, I, I want you to go back to, I, I always use Africa because that's kind of, you know, where people assume we kind of started. So go to the middle of Africa where, where you haven't been influenced by any of the United States of America food, okay? Mm-hmm. So you go back a bazillion generations ago, and these guys were out in the woods trying to cope, right? So they're eating. What are you eating? You're eating mostly what you can pick. <laughs> you know, exactly. Least, least resistance. It's roots, it's fruit, it's, it's nuts, it's seeds, right, leaves, okay? And the occasional really skinny animal that goes running through, right? Wild animals are not fattened animals. Get it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's pretty much what we're eating. And mm-hmm. if you want to save the food... They learned how to save it by putting it in well, water and salt, brine, you know, a brine mm-hmm. system and pickling it. So all mm-hmm. your ancient societies pickle things up the Yazoo. And what, what we know now is the pickled stuff is loaded with good guy bacteria. And what we're discovering is our intestinal tracts have about four to five pounds of good guy bac- of, of bacteria in them. Okay? Did you ever think of that? Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, exactly. And if you really analyze it, we are only 10% genetically us. 90% of us are microbes crawling around. Does that freak you out or what? But that is true. So that you better get the good guys ruling. And here's how your intestine works. It's not unlike a city. Okay? A city functions well because 90% of the population are law-abiding citizens, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a, but there's always the 10%. So when the 10% get out of control, you end up with riots and you end up with a big mess that takes a long time to clean up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So now take your intestine. You've mm-hmm. got four to five pounds of bacteria. Now, if you're oh. out in the middle of Africa, uh, what you have mm-hmm. is uh, you, you always have the, um, the bad guy bacteria, but it's a small percentage. So in the middle of Africa, you've got about 90% of the good guys ruling. Now, when you have 90% of the good guys ruling, those Mm. guys in your intestine, here's what people don't understand. That is where 90% of your serotonin, your neurotransmitters that create happy, are created. It's in your gut. It's in your your gut, yeah. Yeah, your happy pills. (laughs) So it's created in your gut, and then it goes to the bloodstream and up to your brain to create happy. Wow. Um, and peace and calm and things like that. The other thing that's created in your intestines are, um, is your immune system. So mm-hmm. um, if, if you've got the bad guys, if the bad guys have taken over in your intestine, um, you're in trouble. Uh, the, the other thing that's created in the intestine are a bunch of B vitamins, uh, vitamin D, uh, all kind of vitamin K. They're all created in your gut, and people just don't understand that. So now let's go back to Africa. So here's how nature set it up. Nature set it up where these guys are eating all this beautiful stuff and that creates tons of good guy bacteria in the intestine. They're also eating all this fermented stuff. Who knew that like a tablespoon of raw sauerkraut, and by by that I mean 
cabbage that's just been put in a salt brine and left out at room temperature and not cooked, okay? That mm. creates all these good guy bacteria. So they're eating all this stuff, so they're chock full of good bacteria. So mm. baby is born out in the middle of nowhere in, in Africa. Uh, when the baby is being born, they swallow some of the mother's vaginal fluid on the way out. Okay, that vaginal fluid is a combination of her bacteria and the father's bacteria in their intestine. That baby's intestines in utero are sterile, but once they're born, you know, as they're going through the birth canal, they swallow this this vaginal fluid, and that's an inoculation. It literally sets up the good guy bacteria in the gut, which creates a hale and hearty immune system and a happy, calm baby. Get it? Wow, that is so yeah, who amazing. Knew? Yeah, who told us this? Nobody. Wow. Okay, because wow. we didn't really know. Yeah, so, okay, so that's how healthy, hearty, happy babies get created. Now, fast forward to the United States of America. What are the things that create an environment that encourage bad guys to win in the intestine? Okay, the bad guy bacteria. A diet loaded with white flour and white sugar. Any prescription drug, did anyone tell women that when you take the birth control pill, you actually mess up, you you encourage the bad guy bacteria to flourish? That's why so many women on the birth control pill get psychiatric issues like depression and anxiety and things like that. It's because it altered their bacteria. Um, uh, The other thing that will affect your your bacteria in your gut is long, enduring stress, where it's just unrelenting. Um, That alters your bacteria. And, you know, just the American diet, a highly processed diet. So, are you getting the picture? We are. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. I mean, this is going to be really good information that we're going to be so excited to hear because it's going to help us so much. We're going to take a short break now, and we're going to come back and hear more about what Sarah is going to tell us about the healing power of food. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow. And I have been talking to Sarah Bingham. And Sarah has been talking about the healing power of food. Welcome back, Sarah. It's so good to be here. Thank you. So can you explain how food has energy and how this energy feeds our body? How does that work exactly? Everything's energy, Juanita. Uh, We've now been able to measure it. So that we really understand there's, you can literally measure megahertz in foods, in, in supplements, in herbs, in essential oils, all that stuff. So we're all humming at a certain level of megahertz, all right? And what we know is uh, the fresher the food, the higher the megahertz. If you mm. measure canned food, it's zero megahertz. Wow. Now that's amazing. <laughs> You well, know, as you, as you but you know what? Your energy, you hear about your, your bodies, of course, are energy. But the food being energy, I mean, that's certainly something that I hadn't thought about that. The food is actually energy. It's total energy. And, Juanita, your eyeballs will tell you that. You look at a room full of people who eat canned goods and white flour and white sugar, they have no energy. They're pale. There's no vibrance coming from them. I call it... Um, my, in, in, my, in my business, when I'm working with people, I call it the vitality quotient. And literally within a week or two weeks of starting to change your diet and eating mm-hmm. food 
that has vitality to it, that is good whole foods, that hasn't been totally stripped, denatured, reworked, all that stuff, you start seeing a glow in someone. You see, we see it. You, your eyeball doesn't deceive you. You look at someone who eats good, healthy, vibrant food. They look vibrant, and they are vibrant. Ah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, how, does this, how does this actually differ from a regular diet? I mean, the program that you're talking about and eating these energy foods, I mean, how, how is it different than just um, a diet? <laughs> You know what's hilarious about this? Um, I'm, I'm an absolute, I, I recommend being antisocial um, in our society um, because it's absolutely aberrant to eat the way our ancestors ate. So I'll often, you know, meet Haitians, and I'll say, oh, you grew up in Haiti? Terrific. You know what real food is. Oh, you grew up in the Jamaican, you, you actually know what real food is. Um, oh, you grew up in Africa? Oh, that's awesome. You actually know what real food is. And they go, well, yeah, when I was growing up, we ate meat and vegetables and uh, nuts and seeds and fruits. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right, that's called real food. Um, so all I'm talking about is really just beginning to forsake uh, processed foods. Mm-hmm. Literally, Juanita, if you take all the foods out of the supermarket that have sugar wrapped into them one way or another, it's 80% of the products are out of the store. Oh, Wow. Uh, oh, wow. But simplifies, and it simplifies your life. You really don't have to think a whole lot <laughs> because you're getting fresh or frozen vegetables, and frozen vegetables are fine. Um, okay. So you're getting fresh or frozen vegetables, fresh fruits or frozen fruits. You're getting uh, good quality uh, free-range meat, and that's another thing that you've got to understand Go on to uh, YouTube and watch the movie Earthlings. That's the word earth, like what we live on, and then ling, L-I-N-G-S, like little things, like little things. Okay. Okay. So Earthlings. People have got to educate themselves, Juanita. You have no idea what you're putting in your mouth. Okay? I'll give you one quick example. Um, Cows. Back in the olden days, old Bessie was out back eating, you know, chomping on the, the grass, and every once in a while Bessie would get, you know, the bull would find Bessie, get her pregnant, she'd have a calf, and then you got to milk Bessie and preserve that milk by turning it into cheese, which is a pain in the butt. It's a long process, right? Mm-hmm. So right. cheese was, was valued and used as a condiment. It was not chunked up in big pieces. And then Bessie would go back to chewing on her cud, and she would live for 20 years, okay? That's Bessie. Now they've bred Bessie to produce three times the milk that a normal cow would produce, and Bessie is either pregnant or calving and milking. And she stands in a stanchion most of her days, and after four years is so exhausted, she typically goes to um, to the slaughterhouse and often cannot walk into the slaughterhouse. She's so weak. And often they have tumors on them. And the butchers say in the slaughterhouse that they can often take the bones in their bare hands and break them. So now, Juanita, I ask you, if I I dragged Mm -hmm. a cow into the room that that couldn't or Uh, could hardly walk into the room and said, here's your hamburger, Juanita, are you buying? Uh, No way. No way. And that's what we do. That's what you're eating. And that's the milk. And that's the milk you're drinking. Oh wow! So now, how does this impact your immune system? I mean, is it make is food making us sicker? Yes, absolutely. We've got over fifty percent of our children in this country now 
um, under the age of five have a chronic condition of some sort, health condition, and or obesity. That's over 50% of our children, Juanita. It's unprecedented. Our children are weaker. I worked with a holistic pediatrician in Orlando, and she's been at it for, uh, you know, 30 years, and she said there's no way our children are as strong now as they were 30 years ago. And 30 years ago, people were complaining about children being weaker. So we are, we are, this is not, you wonder why I'm passionate about this. I'm kind of like someone watching a three-year-old walk across the street by themselves. It's like, guys, you've got to understand the impact this stuff is having on us and our children. Wow. 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 So now, you know, there are people who are just busy and they're, they're listening to what you're saying and they're, they're going, well, you know what, that sounds good, but I am so busy and I'm running every day trying to get things done. How can I possibly, you know, how can I possibly eat healthy like that? You know, and then my schedule just doesn't allow me to. I'm just too busy. What would you say to them? Okay, Juanita, here's two things. First of all, the issue, as you know, is never about time. It's about priorities. Mm-hmm. So when I, I, lived, I lived a life where I was mostly a single mom. I was running a business. Um, I dealt with the suicide of my husband. Um, I, have not, I have not lived a low-impact life by any stretch. I have always mm-hmm. been nuts, okay? However, I, I did draw that line when I was 20, and I said, I choose health. When you draw that line, you find ways, and you know it. You know, a, a, one of your loved ones gets sick, you find the time, don't you? Even though you're nuts, you will still find the time. So first step is, what are my priorities? And the other piece of it is, Juanita, is this is another brainwash. It's like, yeah, you mm-hmm. have to be a maniac. You know, your mm-hmm. life has to be completely nuts, and your children's life has to have, like, no white space. That's what as an advertising term where it's like there's no time down. There's no clear, you know, just time to be. Um, and we have been led down that path. That does not create health, and it doesn't create a happy family. It creates a ton of stress and a ton of angry, stressed-out people. So the question is, what is it that you want? And Mm -hmm. if you want good food, this is what I counsel people on. I counsel people on how to, honey, I do not spend all day in the the kitchen, I promise you, but I am never without my food. That's my 13th commandment. (laughs) I don't know what the 11th and 12th are, but my 13th commandment is thou shalt not leave home without food. So (laughs) I am never without my food, but I have crop crops cooking food for me all day long. Wow. You carry carry snacks with you then. So there are things that we can carry with us, you know, to munch on that are healthy. Oh, yeah. No, I carry – there are days when I'm out for lunch and dinner. I've got them in my bag, so I never yeah. have to think. And, in fact, actually when I'm home and doing a, a – you know, working at home mm-hmm. during the day, often I'll just put together my lunch and dinner in bowls. These are like four-cup bowls. I eat a ton of food, okay, and, and uh, no problem with my weight. And this is what I teach people. Usually weight issues, you're not eating enough, but it's not enough of the right food. So um, – yeah. So, no, there's, there's tons of ways. It's first, make the decision. Second, I'll get with you. I can teach you how to do this so that you're living the good life. Your weight, gets, your weight by default goes to its best weight, and you just don't have to worry about it. You just worry about get yourself healthy, get your child healthy, and then everybody's happier. My goodness, the high-maintenance lifestyle that so many mm-hmm. parents 
put themselves through because of what mm-hmm. they're seeing their children and themselves. And that is, that is the pivotal point here is that we are literally, we're trying to save time on the front end by doing fasting, by doing what's convenient, like you started the show by saying, we're doing all of that in the beginning, but actually we're paying for it on the back end, on the other side, when our kids are sick, and then we're having to spend more time with the doctor, and we're doing all these other things because we didn't prioritize and make that the, the, the most the biggest priority is eating healthy so we don't have to spend the time on the back end because we, we're sicker, we're not feeling as well, and things are just going wrong. Exactly. I was just on with Judith, and, and you know, when I first met her, she, was, she had just come home with $90 out of her pocket of asthma and other medications for her son. Wow. The, the few minutes I spoke with her and gave her suggestions on how to begin to alter that diet, she did. She chose to prioritize that. She altered her son's diet, and by the time I saw her, she had not had to renew any of those medications that, that he didn't wow. need. And that's ninety dollars out of that. So what's cheaper here? <laughs> and what? And, and you think her life is less stressful if he's not? You're not worrying about your child not being able to breathe. Good gravy! Wow, wow. I mean, that is so helpful. I mean, what are we doing to our children? Oh, you know, okay. with our food supply. Well, look at our children. The suicide rate in teenagers is sky high. They're they're anxious. They're depressed. And it's and it's and I see this all day long. I sat with a 15-year-old who'd gone quote vegetarian, kind of like I used to be a vegetarian. By the time she was done with lunch, now she was having a typical American breakfast of cereal mm-hmm. and um, you know almond milk, and then she had a granola bar in between, and then she had peanut butter and jelly and something else for lunch. We added up the sugar that had been wrapped into all of that. She was at 21 teaspoons of sugar. Wow. That's breakfast. 21 teaspoons. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. There is, if you're on Amazon Prime, you can get a documentary called That Sugar Film. I can't talk about it enough. Watch that movie. Okay. It's a documentary on what we're doing with sugar. And people have no idea. The average is anywhere from 20 to 40 teaspoons a day of sugar. This is, this is a pharmaceutical dose of sugar. The rule of thumb I use is one teaspoon of sweetener a day. Wow. And, and use honey. See, we, what did we evolve with? We evolved with raw honey. That's actually a food. There's enzymes and nutrients in it. And furthermore, I promise you, even I cannot OD on honey. <laughs> you get it? You can't well, so much sugar that's honey. hidden in our food. Too. So we really do have to start looking at the, you know, the labels of what we're eating to see. I mean, even if we, we do a protein, something, a protein bar or something like that, I mean, how much sugar does it have in it? And, you know, how yeah. much processed stuff does it have in it? Exactly. If you're listening to this program and you've got one of those bars in your purse or you're sitting at home in your kitchen, whatever, go to your, go to your, go to your, your, your shelves there, pick out your breakfast cereal, your granola bar, whatever, look at the grams of sugar. Mm-hmm. However many grams of sugar, uh-huh. divide by four, and that's teaspoons. Uh-huh. Okay, that's uh-huh. the sugar. Okay? So if you're drinking a soda, it's up around, oh, uh, you know, 32 to 40 grams of sugar. You're getting anywhere from eight to ten teaspoons of sugar in that one can. Ooh. Oh, that's yeah, painful and to I, you hear. When you, when you sit down and ask people, you, you know, do you sit down and, and eat four teaspoons of sugar out of a bowl? And they, they look at you like you're nuts. It's like, well, no. 
You say, well, you just ate that. Wow. <laughs> uh, this is so amazing. Now, now, once someone starts on a program, starts to change their eating habits and being more conscious about what they're eating, how soon does it take for them to start seeing the results and start feeling better? Oh, often within seven days. Often, uh, wow. like, five pounds are dropped in seven days, um, that sort of thing. And in a month, your taste buds have now gone back to their natural, innate um, uh, ability to assess mm-hmm. what it is you need. Now, remember, I was the original chocoholic, okay? I no longer am looking for that stuff. People say, oh, Sarah, you must have such willpower. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, not at all. When you get the drug pushers off your back and say no to their food and leave it on the shelf in the supermarket and only bring home the good food, it begins to work your whole being and it is no longer uh, desirable. It just isn't. But I do get my sweets in. You know, I do use honey and raw cocoa and make good things. And um, so I will, I will definitely have my goodies, but my desire for that extreme amount is totally gone. And it just doesn't taste good anymore. I mean, I was the person that could, I could do a whole pan of brownies, like not a problem. <laughs> and I just, um, there's no desire for that now. And I hear this from my clients over and over and over. Wow. So, now, yeah. I, I know that there, you've actually said that your program has been used to diverse, uh, reverse conditions such as diabetes. And what are some of the other health benefits of the program in terms of the chronic illnesses that we see? Um, I have seen things disappear like ADD, ADHD, diabetes, autism. Wow. I watched autism, a child go from being on the spectrum to being off the spectrum by a pediatrician's diagnosis within it was four or five months. That's it. Oh, my goodness. Um, wow. People can recover from diabetes within months. Um, and this is what people don't understand. Again, our medical system, the terminology is symptom management. I am not into symptom management. I am into uh, let's teach your body, let's teach you how to help your body heal itself. And the body heals itself if you give it half a chance. So what else have I seen? Yeah, weight. Weight just comes off. It just comes off. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, depression, anxiety, uh, thyroid issues can be healed, uh, all kinds, just all kinds of stuff. And it's, it's, just, it's amazing how much of the illnesses, I mean, how many of the diseases that we see in our society today, that's really the, the, the root cause is what we're putting in our bodies. It's the food. It's, yeah, the American Medical Association said 90% of all disease is diet and lifestyle. diet and lifestyle. Right. And here we are listening to all, watching our health insurance rates go up, yada, yada, yada. Actually, you know, my feeling on it is it's just going to blow up. There's no way we can sustain this. And that'll be good because people will be forced to now take responsibility. Responsibility, right. It starts with each of us. Well, yeah, and doctors are responding. Everybody just just give me a pill so I don't have to take, you know, it Uh it is human nature. We like the, you know, that old, uh, that seems like the quick path. Of course, you know, the short path is is actually the long path. (laughs) So, um so we, and the pain yeah, that we're feeling, the pain that we're feeling in our body, some of that is caused by the food that we're putting in our body, right? Uh, the grand major, oh, pain, chronic pain, like fibromyalgia, yeah. absolutely, it goes, yeah. away. it goes away. It just goes away when you. It is not. 
It is toxins in your body. Your body, if you've got the bad guy bacteria going on, um, what they what happens is you're not able to detoxify the way you should. Uh All the toxins stay running around in your body, and they go to wherever your genetic weakness is. So that's what happens. And people don't understand this, and they just Uh don't get that they're feeding the fire. So so what we've seen is like an over-prescribing of pain medications like opiates, and, um, and, you know, and on a lot of that thing, now certainly there are definitely some situations, I'm sure, where, where that was warranted, but it was so easy to prescribe all these pain meds to deal with all the pain that we're experiencing, but a lot of that pain is coming from, it's being self-inflicted really by what we're putting in our bodies. Right, but you've also got to understand the position that physicians are in. They're good people and they really want to help, but you've got to understand their training. They were trained by the pharmaceutical industry. They were trained to diagnose and then what drug am I going to give you or what surgery do you need? And that's all that's in their black bags. And so you've got to understand that. So and there's really, not a lot of time either, I mean, because, you know, the appointments and, and seeing a number of patients and, uh, you know, and so the easy, sometimes the easy fix, especially when a person is there in chronic pain, is well, to try to give that person a pill. Well, exactly. And, and they're in a very untenable position, if you really yes, think about it. Absolutely. If I spent all that money, for them to even think holistic means that they have to, it, it's going to create tremendous discomfort in what, you know, in their training. But frankly, I wouldn't want to be living anywhere else if I got crunched up in a car or whatnot. We rock as far as putting bodies back together. So, so, and so in emergency. But most of our medicine is uh, crisis intervention medicine. That's where it came from. It came from warfare, military. It's like I don't care what it takes. Make them feel better. Get them out of pain. So that's the orientation. So you always. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say you always need two. You need a regular doctor and you need a holistic um, I, practitioner. I absolutely agree. I absolutely so what I do agree. is go to a doctor, get the diagnosis, and then run over to your holistic practitioner and they'll tell you how to get out of the hole. <laughs> wow. So now you said that, that juice is, and I thought this was just really interesting and I just really want to make sure that I bring this point up, that juice can actually be making our kids sick. Why is that? Uh, it's juice. Um, it's oh, from fruit, okay. isn't it? It's 100 uh-huh. percent yeah. vitamin C. Yeah. Well, let's let's go back to the let's go back to the jungle. <laughs> go back to our ancestor ancestors. Are they sitting there picking oranges and then squeezing all the juice out and then throwing the rest of the orange away? No way, right? It's their food. Right. Food. So, okay. Have you ever squeezed? Have you ever watched orange juice being made? Yes, I have. Okay. Okay, so a cup of orange juice. How many oranges does it take to make a cup of orange juice? A lot of oranges to make a yeah, cup. Yeah, like of... maybe eight. Something yeah. Like eight. Yeah? Okay, so would you sit down and eat six to eight oranges? See? Yeah, mm-hmm. you couldn't, right? Right. Okay, so nature put this very sweet stuff. She wound it with a whole lot of fiber and made it very filling, mm-hmm. so the one piece of fruit is very satisfying, and that uh, amount of sugar, uh, the body handles very well. Now, you pull all that apart, and um, <laughs> you pull the fiber out, and you just leave the juice, then what you have is a huge sugar rush into the body, way more than the body should handle, 
and we're not we're just not meant to and it creates uh, elevated triglycerides. I can't tell you how many kids with chronic snotty noses have been cleared by just getting the juice out of their diet. Mothers have been told for wow. way too long, oh, give your child 100% fruit juice. And it's like, yeah, no. Now, vegetable juice is healing and is good, and it's, that's sort of a therapeutic thing, and there's not as much sugar in that. But the sugar in fruit juices, tons of it. Mm. Wow. So, that is Adam, such an amazing point. Yeah, and most and the fruit juice has been cooked, so it's absolutely dead as a doornail. Wow. <laughs> this is so exciting. We have been talking to Sarah, and she has been talking about the healing power of food. There's so much information that we just need to know so that we can start self-care and we can start taking better care of our bodies through what we put in our bodies, the food that we're putting in our bodies, it will make a difference. We're going to take a short break now and then we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow and we're talking to Sarah Bingham who's talking about the healing power of food. Now Sarah, can you give the audience what they can start doing today to really start their journey towards feeling better and feeling more healthy and being more mindful of what they're eating? The most profound first step is saying, I'm done with sugar. It's just huge. And if you can say, I'm going to go out today and buy raw honey and I'm going to get rid of everything that has sugar, corn, corn, uh, corn syrup, Anything with sugar, cane sugar, I don't care if it's organic cane sugar, just get it out of your life. That, that will, I promise you, that alone can alleviate things like depression, definitely uh, weight issues, um, energy issues, pain issues, holy cow, oh, joints, uh, it'll affect your joints. <laughs> uh, wow. So, uh, yeah, my joints were stiff. I didn't know that. They'd always been stiff. At, at the age of 20, my, my joints loosened up when I got sugar out of my life. Go figure. But um, you don't know what you don't know, right? So, um, so cross that line and just don't bring sugar home. If it's not there, it's really hard to eat. And so you can have, you know, honey and cinnamon on a piece of toast for dessert. You can make some of the goodies that I have, you know, recipes that I, you know, that I give to my clients. There's plenty out there where you use honey, um, you use natural sweeteners, um, honey and date sugar. Date sugar is just ground up dates. So there's actually right. nutrients in it and the whole bit. Mm-hmm. So, but often um, there's, there's um, bars out there called Lara bars, and um, Publix has them. And they're, all they are is dried fruit and nuts. And so you can put those in your purse um, because it's real food. It's just dried fruit and dried nuts. So that's a wonderful, you know, snack instead of the bars that are loaded with sugar that look so sexy. Right. Well, that's really good to know. It's good to hear. So I know uh, the phones have been ringing off the hook, and I know that there are a lot of questions that the listeners have. Please tell them, what's the best way to, that they can get in contact with you and learn more about you know, changing their, their lifestyle, actually, and starting to, to eat more healthy? Terrific. Um, give me a call at my business number, which is 813-321-5303, or email me at Sarah, that's S-A-R-A-H, at fastfoodhealing.com. I teach you how fast you can heal with food alone, and we all need to heal from fast food. <laughs> okay, so that's Sarah at fast 
foodhealing.com. Correct. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for for joining us and talking about the healing power of food. It was such an exciting, exciting conversation, something that we need to talk about more um, as we're dealing with so many chronic illnesses in, in our country and so much pain especially, and to just yeah. think the power of food. And we have to start embracing that more um, so that we can all lead healthier lives. But thank you for bringing that to us and so that we can be more conscious about what we're putting into our bodies. So you've been listening to The Common Good Show with Juanita Farrow, and thank you for joining us.